Hello and welcome back to the Sense of Place podcast. Today I have a chat with sound artist and composer Lizzie Lawrence. Lizzie creates music inspired by spatial locations, inner, outer and cyber. She stitches together found music and ambient sound to create her unique tracks. Now at the end of March I read a piece written by Bobby Seal of the Psychogeographic Review and it was about Lizzie's debut album Rocket Man. Shortly after, he actually sent me a message asking if he could connect the two of us. So here we are today, and this is actually how this uh, interview ended up coming about. Now, Lizzie's album Rocket Man was created when she was an artist in residence at Illatron, which is an arts and technology institute located in Copenhagen on an old dredging boat. Now, the boat is actually moored at the site of a tragic murder committed in 2018 by Peter Madsen, who was an inventor and somewhat a minor celebrity in Denmark, as it was his ambition to build the first DIY rocket and launch it into space. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'll give you the rundown on my discussion with Lizzie. So firstly, we explore what got Lizzie interested in making music that actually revolves around place. We then look at the story of Illatron and the submarine murder, some of the themes and emotions Lizzie hoped to express when creating the album, what her stay was like aboard Illatron, and finally Lizzie's creative process when making the album as well as her music more generally. Lizzie very kindly let me play some snippets from some of the tracks on Rocket Man because I thought it'd be nice as you're listening to the interview to actually get a taste of the album as well. If you're curious what these tracks are called, I will let you know at the end of the episode. Anyway, we'll crack on with the episode now and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining me, Lizzie. And uh, I mean, you've described your music style as sort of grainy pop collages inspired by spatial locations, whether that be inner, outer or cyber. I was hoping you could tell the listeners a bit about your background and what actually got you interested in creating music that does focus on the sort of stories of spatial locations. Mm, Yeah, sure. So um been making music for uh, a while now Um, and I guess I've always been interested in songwriting but also um, ambient music and trying to find some way of bringing those two things together Um, so I guess my approach to music has always been quite kind of cinematic Um, like I've always been interested in world building and creating music that has its own kind of logic or language or perhaps set of characters or concerns rather than just being I don't know songs about my life or something like that I mean they are songs about my life but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so what would kind of come first for you you know say when you go somewhere would it be would you be sort of thinking about the sound and recording them first or is it just sort of the vibe you get from a place or a bit of a combination? Mm, um, so I suppose, uh, yeah, I guess this idea of like setting work in locations has kind of evolved over time. Um, 
And I suppose it's a kind of natural extension of the idea of a more cinematic approach. Um, so often, I guess maybe similarly to a filmmaker, I would have like an idea of maybe a theme that I wanted to explore or some kind of loose, not necessarily like a story, but some some kind of loose sense of a kind of trajectory or something. Um, and then normally I would look for places that sort of would facilitate this kind of exploration. But I have also uh, worked with spaces that have just sort of come up and then I've like found my way with it. So I guess it can happen both ways around. Your debut album, Rocket Man, I mean, that does have a dark story that comes with it. And um, obviously I would like you to sort of tell the listeners about that. Mm. Was that something when you went on board this boat, Illatron, did you know that story beforehand or or did that sort of come afterwards? Mm, Yeah, no, I didn't know that story. I think if I'd have known that story, I probably wouldn't have gone. So actually, well, I was staying on the boat for a month um, as artist in residence um, and I didn't find out about the the kind of imbrication of the site with this murder case until the last night of my stay um but I yeah when I arrived there I had this feeling that I don't know there was something kind of strange about the place like I'd expected um it to be this kind of vibrant community of creatives and people collaborating and for there be to be kind of like a hub uh, and sense of aliveness about the place. But actually, um, I was the only person there most of the time. I was staying alone. Um, the The Institute kind of functions through membership. So people sign up to be members. But once you're a member, you can come on board the boat anytime you want. So um, I did meet some of the members who would come and kind of work on their own projects maybe or use the power tools that were there Um, but it was mainly kind of men working alone um, and I didn't get the sense that there were any women active in the community which also seemed kind of strange to me Um, and then there was also just a sense that like things had been abandoned like at some point in time things had just been left and there were these kind of half-finished Uh, projects lying around like people had started building things and then seemingly just left it there the guy peter he was part of that if i'm correct he was part of this um community this art space wasn't he so i'm guessing maybe over there is it quite well known and they sort of don't do they just not talk about it they try not to bring it up Basically, yeah, I think um, because I also had the sense that there was quite a lot of conflict in the community, um, which is maybe why people weren't hanging around the boat so much. Um, But then I asked the chair about it on the last night of my stay because we had dinner together. Um, And he said that it's basically it's been like that since um, this episode, the kind of Madsen episode, as he referred to it. Yeah. Um, So Peter Madsen. Is the man who was convicted of Kim Wall's murder. He was quite a key figure in the um, this group called the Copenhagen Suborbitals, which were a group of DIY engineers who were working to try to launch the first manned DIY rocket into space. 
and throughout this project he fell out with this group and then founded a rival rocket building group um, which was based at Illitron and included members of that community and I think throughout their project there was a kind of degeneration in those relationships and he became increasingly violent um, and would have these big kind of rages and throw power tools around um, and then I think at some point Illitron tried to expel him from the community but then a week or so later he was arrested um, because Kim Wall, a Swedish journalist, um, had gone missing. So she had wanted to interview him about the rocket building um, project and the whole scene that was kind of surrounding that at the time. And he invited her onto his uh, DIY-built submarine in order to interview her, and then she was never seen again. The conclusion, I suppose, to that story as far as Illitron is concerned was that um, Madsen then returned to Illitron um, but was shortly after arrested and then basically the boat was just surrounded by reporters and police for a very long time um, and they had to do like a complete search of the boat. Actually they found that um, he'd plotted the murder on the boat, it was all, all of his research was on the server so I think it was just quite chilling for the members of that community and I just had the sense that they didn't know how to process that and maybe even the sense of responsibility that they kind of felt for I don't know in some way not realizing that that was happening yeah absolutely I mean you've obviously got like a lot of samples um recordings from the boat when you're on it so I'm assuming you Mm -hmm. kind of had gathered all them before you'd even realized the story because it's um the sounds in the music is very, I would say, very eerie, very haunty. Um, mm. Before you knew this, did you kind of have an idea where you were going to go with all these samples? Mm. You know, the sounds have very much fitted the sort of story that happened on there and you didn't even realise that to start with. So Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I had, when I originally went to the boat, I had no idea really what the work was going to sound like I think maybe I thought it was going to be kind of ambient and but maybe quite soft but I think um yeah just the material that I had to work with it was really dark and really kind of haunted and industrial and um yeah it seemed to me I think that was something that really unnerved me as well was that even all of the songs I'd written before I knew about this seemed somehow to tell the story of the murder in some kind of strange, refracted or dreamlike way. It was like it was really there, kind of seeping through in the sense of this place or in its sounds. And I hadn't, I had a sense that something strange had happened there, but I didn't know what. Yeah, I mean, I think that just shows because obviously you really can just feels like that trauma that awful thing that's happened is just sort of soaked within that I mean you can Mm. to listen to it it can be quite unsettling at times you know quite claustrophobic sounds uh, you know that you've you've got on there and I think it really captures it definitely
what kind of themes and, and feelings were you hoping to express with the album? Well, I guess, yeah, like you said, it's it's very dark. <laughs> I think um, it's much darker than I had intended. And in some ways, I don't feel like, um, yeah, I don't completely feel like I made the album, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, obviously, there's an element of composition, but the work was really strongly determined by the recordings that I had to work with, um, which was just interesting, really. Mm. Um, I suppose, yeah, I suppose my aim was to communicate my own sense of being in the place um, and this sense of kind of decay and abandonment and also my own sense of fear, actually, of being there alone in the midst of all of this kind of haunted creaking and clanging of this huge rotting boat. But I think also it would be very easy to make this album in a way and to make it about how terrible the murder was, which is obviously um, true, which is obviously a really key theme. But I think also I don't want to, in a way, condemn Illatron within that because I think there was something about the place that really attracted me to begin with and I think it's like the vision of the institution is really exciting like it's it's this sense that um, anyone can come here anyone can be a member and anyone can make anything they want and to work in collaboration, to work creatively, and have access to resources to create whatever it is they want. Mm. And there's no sense of like, I don't know, permission or health and safety or anything that might kind of impede uh, creative progress, I suppose. Um, but I think in hindsight, in a way, it's this kind of like it's very anarchic like everyone is responsible for their own health and safety basically no one's going to look after you and it's this kind of anarchic utopia was exactly the thing that allowed Madsen to plan a murder there unchecked and I think there's something really kind of poignant in that like mm. um in a way the vision of Illatron is the vision of technology like that humans are free to build the most kind of visionary and imaginative, creative things that they could possibly make. Um, and that that can have really exciting consequences, like being able to explore space or the depths of the sea, or it's very exciting in a way. But unfortunately, what often lies in the wake of that is some kind of destruction, like some kind of destruction of people or of places or even the resources of the planet and so it's this kind of double-edged sword like in a way progress is intimately linked with destruction um yeah so in a way that's also what i was hoping to explore in the album
I'm guessing you actually slept on the boat then. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I was staying there. What was the whole setup on it like then? Is it pretty basic and just like, I'm guessing there's all industrial bits and bobs everywhere and... Mm, yeah. So it was, um, the boat itself was quite big. So it had these three floors, um, actually maybe more than three, actually. There's kind of the top deck and then there was like a living quarters. So different, um... I think they call them berths in nautical language um but these like little bedrooms basically and then a kind of mess room and a kitchen so all of that was quite um I mean it was like basic and uh pretty DIY but it was also um yeah fairly habitable mm. um and then you kind of go down into the boat and there is a huge hull which is kind of the main space of the boat, which they used um, for like performances and parties and uh, I think making things at points. Um, but it's a huge space basically. And then kind of all around that, there was like these little rooms that were just full of wires and cables and kind of random tech projects like broken audio equipment Um piping loads of piping like survival suits all kind of mixtures of like tech project and boat detritus um so there was like lots of leftover stuff from when it used to be a dredging boat Mm. kind of all mixed in with this um yeah like technology equipment and then there was also a metalwork workshop and then a woodwork workshop so these kind of three main spaces I didn't use the power tools but I could have used the power tools <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, I I could see why that would have felt you know quite scary being on there on your own actually it, you know if it was given it was so big as well mm. I must admit in my head I don't know why I was imagining a more not a tiny boat but you know something a bit smaller um mm. yeah I was surprised by how big it was yeah it, it almost sounds like may, maybe I'm wrong but like you know, before all this happened, you could imagine it would have been like some thriving arts community with loads of people on it and everything. And now it's kind mm, of, yeah, no, like almost like no one wants to associate with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. It might, I think if they can kind of integrate this wound or learn from it in some way, it could, like it could really prosper again. But I don't, mm. yeah, I'm not sure what's happening there now. When was it you went on board then? Was it what, a while ago? Or? Uh, this was summer 2019. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah so. a few years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you never know by now. Maybe things would have changed. That would, that would be nice if that mm. were true. And I mean, in terms of the album mm. itself, I mean, were there any particular tracks that stand out for you that you really enjoyed creating or you just feel like really say something that you really wanted to? Yeah, I don't know. I'm never sure if enjoyed is the right word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was quite, um, <laughs> quite dark. But um... that's the thing; it's quite like it. It definitely is sort of a, a whole piece, isn't it? Like mm. it, you know, it's not just like oh, one song. Like this is about that. This is great. It it all f- flows through together, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, and I think when I was making it, I did. Um, so in the kind of post-production phase I basically made one track a day in the studio 
um, and just kind of assembled things together. And so I don't know that I had a sense of like them as sort of separate tracks in a way. It kind of felt like one flow of work, Mm. um, which did feel satisfying. Yeah. So what genre would you say you would normally create or are you just open to anything really? Because obviously you said this was quite dark for you to actually make compared to to usual. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I never quite know how to classify my music in terms of genre, I guess, because I'm interested in working in this quite responsive way to places. Um, It feels like almost like the method is its own kind of genre. Um, So in a way, I'm less concerned with how the work sounds when it comes out. It tends to be kind of determined by what objects or instruments are available in the space. And um, like, for example, with the Rocketman album, something that really kind of decided the feel of the album was that there was all of this kind of audio equipment lying around and I realized that I just I had to use that to record the album as well as to make the album if that makes sense yeah so it's almost like the space is kind of dictating the sound on a recording level as well as a instrumental level so yeah I don't know if that answers your question I guess I'm interested in songwriting as a kind of broad (laughs) a broad thing yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I, I suppose, like you say, the sort of the place dictates for you. And I, I think that's really interesting because it's not just like, oh, going to write a tragic love song as everybody seems to do or a breakup mm. song, you know. Um, yeah, like I say, you, you could really get the sense of that place at how dark and eerie it seemed and uncomfortable at times, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, the sounds from it. Mm, so, yeah. Where can people listen to this album and, you know, when when is it going to be out? Um, so it's out this Saturday, which is the 30th of April, and it's going to be available on Bandcamp and uh, Spotify and all other streaming platforms. And have you got a website or anything people can have a look at? Um, I do have a website. Probably my Instagram page is a bit more lively. <laughs> um, so my Instagram handle is is Lizzie Lawrence. Great. I know obviously this album is just 
coming out for you but I mean do you do you have other projects in mind that you know things you want to work on or are you just sort of um is this the thing for now yeah it's um I mean it's always slightly strange as a musician because you're often promoting something which feels like you finished ages ago and you're actually working on something else so I'm sort of in that space at the moment um so I'm currently working on uh an album that I'm recording in the Great Hospital in Norwich which is an old medieval hospital which is exploring uh healthcare and Christianity and kind of quarantine or monastic isolation um yeah sort of through this place which is currently a church actually that sounds really good so yeah, that's my current. Mm. Um, it's much, much softer, much more folky. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Not such a dark place as the boat. Not such a dark place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that sounds really good. I mean, thanks for chatting with me today. Not at all. Thank you for having me. So there we go. If you'd like to give Lizzie's album a listen or find out more, I've put some links in the show notes to the places she mentioned you can find her. And if you are interested, the tracks you heard played during the episode in order from first to last were Baby Loves, Too Hard to Die, and finally Song for Kim Wall. And for anything else Sense of Place podcast related, please head over to senseofplacepod.com. Other than that, that's all from me, and I will speak to you again soon.